Okay, how many of you folks that are here today were at Brother Scott's farm yesterday? I don't have a house nearly as nice as his, nor a car as nice as his. So I don't have any of those things. Um, this, this room is intimidating to me as a, as a, a forum leader, as a human being. I, I remember the first forum that I had in here, I think I had in here with, with Uncle Johnny, and, and I kind of wondered which door the lions were going to come out of. You know, just, I've never been to the Colosseum in Rome, but... This is frightening, especially if you realize the doors may be... What's that? He did, thank you. And more than spared me, but delivered us very well through that. Um, the other reason why this is a very intimidating thing for me is the topic that we're going to talk about is probably much better handled by Brother Paul Weingartner, Brother Dave uh, Kapazinski, folks that, that understand human beings and personalities a lot better than I do. Um, what I'm going to give you today is, is a, almost a sales pitch, if I can be that crude, of a program that I do for the Manufacturers Association in Central New York, which is a six-hour program. So I can't give you everything that I would normally deliver in that six-hour um, segment. But what I'd like to do, and there is a handout that you'll get at the end, I'll have somebody uh, bring it up to the doors so that you can pick it up back there. I don't know if Brother David got a chance to even read this far before he was so rudely interrupted uh, by Brother Tom, but it is a four-page handout typed on both sides. So a lot of the things that we'll talk about today are in this. I usually have a nice little uh, remote that'll change everything, but now all I got is a remote with a pointer, so I'm going to have to use my mouth. What do we want to get out of today? We want to begin to understand, and I want to emphasize, begin to understand why people act the way they do. If you want to put together a good basketball team, you don't want five guys that are seven feet tall. One guy that's seven foot tall is a good start. But you need some guys that are quick, that are small, that can handle the ball well. Typically, seven foot guys can't shoot a free throw. They look like they're laying bricks. At least all the ones that ever played for Syracuse looked like they were coming. We, we had a guy that was, I think, 7'2", and every time he was going to put the ball on the floor, it dribbled. he dribbled off his shoe. He, he never made it very well. I won't mention the fact that he came from Toronto. But, oh, I already did, didn't I? So you've got to have different kinds of people. Um, we want to begin to understand, respect, and appreciate and value the differences in the people within our congregations. We're different for a reason. We want to begin to develop some strategies for adapting to the needs of others. Now, one of the things that I, that I say when I introduce this in, in the sessions that I teach on this is um, in Syracuse we have uh, Clear Channel Corporation owns, I think, five or six radio stations in Syracuse and one TV station. And two radio stations are right next to one another on the dial. One is 5.70 a.m. and the other is 6.20 a.m. 5.70 is news. 6.20 is sports. They're owned by the same company. And I tell the folks in my class, if you want to listen to sports, you can't be tuned into 5.70. Conversely, if you're WSYR, which is 5.70 radio, and you want to talk to people that are listening to 6.20, it's not going to work because you're not broadcasting on the right frequency. 
That happens when we communicate with people as well. So you're going to say, well, how in the world can I know what radio station that brother's listening to? In a personality type of way. I guess we really don't need, maybe in some cases we should know what radio stations people are listening to. But if I really want to talk to my brother Bob, I have to broadcast on a frequency that he's listening to. Or if I want to interact with him best so that we really communicate, we've got to be on the same frequency. And how do I know what his frequency is? By observing him. And it's, it all has to do with behavior. What is behavior? Behavior is observable. Typically, the folks that come into my class, this would, it's a 10-week class, and I take the second through the fourth sessions to talk about this. And on the second night, they really don't know me that well. They've spent two hours with me the week before. And I say, what am I like? And they start describing things. And I say, well, how do you know that? They say, well, because, you know, we, you obviously are not afraid to talk in front of people. You know, you seem outgoing, you seem friendly. Some I've convinced that I might have some intelligence, because they say, you seem intelligent. <laughs> I fooled you there. <laughs> Behavior is situationally based. I only appear to be intelligent when I'm in that situation, because I've had time to, to study and learn it. Um, behavior is based on what's going on. I, Bob doesn't act the same way all the time. Neither do I. What kind of a situation am I in? That may cause me to react or act a different way. It's flexible. Um, I can fool a lot of people. We all can fool each other. And, and some days, sometimes we're having a bad day. Uh, sometimes we may be dealing with some some health issues or things or some problems in or out of work that's going to change how we behave. And it's dynamic. And it's based on our thoughts and our beliefs. If we really want to take some time and ask ourselves, you know, who are we? And I didn't put all of the, the, the other models, that, that the other overheads that I use because we don't have time. But our upbringing, you know, we have some, some core values that we've been given. Um, we have people that have influenced our lives. And all of these things really affect who we are and how we act. We have to remember, and if you want a scripture reference to, de to, to understanding or dealing with this personality profiles analysis type stuff, just read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, it's gonna, and hopefully it will show you what it shows me is that God made us all different for a reason. In yesterday's forum, uh, Brother Phil and Brother Edmund said, you know, when we have that brother or that sister that comes that disagrees with us, what we should be asking the Lord is, what is that brother or sister, what are you using them to draw out of me? What can I learn from them? Why are they here, Lord? There's obviously a reason. Maybe the reason is to help me grow. But God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased Him. Everybody that's in Syracuse is there because God wants them to be there. Who am I to say I don't like them? Who am I to say I can't deal with them? This morning, Brother David read a script that I wrote for him that really would come from a certain personality profile, a, a type of individual that really is focused a lot on accuracy and details, 
And we'll talk a lot more about that. And so what he was doing was reading the details about this form. When it was going, everything he said was accurate. Everything he said was true. Everything could very well be important. It was driving Brother Tom nuts. It was driving me nuts. I was looking at my watch. Finally, Brother Tom just says, Whoa, you know, we don't have time for this. Cut to the chase. Tell him when and where. A different personality style. Sister Amy Beth was concerned because, you see, Tom was being critical of Dave who was doing what might be his natural personality. So she now is being the supportive type of person and encouraging and concerned about the team and how people are feeling. And what I did a very poor job of doing is, is actually my own personality profile, and that is the person that has a more influence personality profile, wanting to, to influence others by persuading others and, and typically the cheerleading type of person. God has set all of us where we are because that's where He wants us to be. That is what pleases Him. And He, being a much better architect of teams than anybody on earth could be, has put all of us together. Think about it, dear ones. I don't want you to name the people, but think about the people that you've had to interact with. Perhaps, perhaps you're at a meeting at church and you really, you know, we've got to get done with this meeting, but somebody just is going on and on about things that don't seem to make any sense to you. I mean, yeah, it's important, but can't we just skip over it? No, for that person we can't. You know, or I don't know about you folks, but when I was growing up, um, the Syracuse church was very warm in the summer. We had wood benches with no padding, and the only carpeting was in the aisleways. What's up with that? You know, you don't kneel in the aisleways, you kneel in between the benches. That's hard wood. Go figure. You know, so now if you got something on your shoes, you're going to wipe it on the carpet. Wouldn't it have been easier just to clean anyways? But we had carpeting. The acoustics were great, though. The acoustics were outstanding. Thank you, Brother Rod. And there were brothers that when I was growing up seemed to have very long prayers. <laughs> to the point that when some of us, youngsters, would be going down to kneel, we'd check the clock on the way down. You know, <laughs> okay, that was a seven-minute prayer. Okay, so there are some folks that just say more. Was their prayer deeper than some brother that might have said something in a short? No, but that's how they express themselves. And hopefully, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight as to why. Not that you're going to be experts on it, because I'm not. If you have any questions, please see Brother Paul, because he's an expert on it, or Brother Dave. Okay, um, we group people. Um, we, we got tall people, medium people, short people, summer people, winter people. I usually ask the folks in Syracuse, how many of you folks like winter? And I usually get some that raise their hands because if not, they'd be very unhappy nine months out of the year. Heavy people, thin people. By grouping people, we can make things a little bit more easy to understand. That's all. We are, what we're talking about is profiling people. And that's okay. Profiling is only bad if you use it for bad means. We're trying to say, how can I take this group of people and break them down into four groups so I can interact better with them? And this whole thing revolves around, and, and by the way, the, the program that, that our Manufacturers Association uses is something called the DISC system. 
Myers-Briggs has one. I'm sure there's others, but the DISC system is the one that we've used for probably 10 years, maybe. And it just, I like it because when we get done, I can give the people booklets and they can go back to work and they study things. And, and, and again, we're going to touch on this because we don't have much time. Um, at the end, I do have my email address and, and some information how you can contact these people. Um, it really is a six-hour program to do it well. And the booklet that you use that each participant has is about 14 bucks because there's tests and analysis that you do in here. So it all boils down to how these four different groups of people, and I'll get into what the DIS and the C mean, feel about themselves and how they feel about their environment. And those two factors coming together determine whether or not you're going to be, this is a dominance, whether you're going to be up in here, this is an influence, and, we'll find, and I'll explain what that means. This is a steadiness, and that's a conscientiousness. Um, this morning, in our little announcement there, uh, Brother Dave was a conscientiousness. And what, ha what that means is that, he, that, and I'm not saying he is this. I think he has a lot of this in him, but, that's, but I'm, again, I'm not the expert. And that's not bad. None of these are bad. You know, I had something else that was very interesting. When we, did, when we received the, train, the trainer training on this, the man that trained, it had been, trained us had been retired for I don't know how many years. My dad was in the session with us. Uh, there was another man that had retired from industry and another man that was probably 10 years older than me. And so I asked the question, do people usually like the personality profile that they fall into? And the trainer said, well, usually by the time they get to be our age, they pretty well accept it. I'm thinking, great. <laughs> that was 10 years ago, or maybe not, maybe eight years ago. But... The conscientiousness person really views the environment as an unfavorable, uncontrollable type of place. Things are constantly in flux. Things are constantly changing. They also don't feel that they, as an individual, have a lot of power over that environment. So what do you resort to? You resort to facts, figures, Standard procedures, laws, rules, whatever you want to call them, things that create stability for that environment that you're in. Uh, oftentimes I've seen engineers, um, quality assurance people, because we're doing this training in industry. Boy, some of those QC people, I know why they're in that field. Um, accounting people, folks that deal with things that are black and white. There really isn't a lot of gray in that, you know, in their facts and their figures. So they resort to that. Um, now, Brother Tom was portraying, and very ably, and he's nodding his head, I love teasing you, and I know I payback, you know, sometimes, was, was doing the dominance one. Now, the person that has a dominance personality profile um, views the environment in an unfavorable way. It's odd. They view it exactly the same as the conscientiousness person. However, they feel that they have enough power within themselves to affect it. And if they can't affect it, they'll just overcome it. They're going to be the ones that are going to stand up and say, you know, Dave, get to the chase here. I mean, come on. We don't have time. We got to keep moving. Just tell them where and when. Now, I know that some of you in some of your members' meetings in church have really gotten ticked off at these people. Because they're just too blunt. Don't they know how that came out? No, they don't. 
Because if you were talking to them, it would not matter at all if you spoke to them that way. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Why? Now, Sister Amy Beth was the steadiness. Great followers, team players, always concerned about the group. How is the group feeling? They don't like change. So you have to deal with them a little differently if some change is going to take place. And the last one here being the influence, that, 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 and that is, unfortunately, the personality profile that I have. And I guess I'm becoming okay with that. Um, see, the environment is favorable. The, the steadiness person, the environment's good. People are good. Things will generally work out well. Steadiness, they don't think they have a lot of power, so that's why they don't like change. Um, they also don't like anything that gets a little bit out of control in a situation. But the influence person says the environment's good, and you know what? I do feel that I can have a positive impact on this. So they typically are outgoing. Typically, they're salespeople. A lot of times, they, they become salespeople. So do some of the dominance people. But the influence people, um, human resource managers, a lot of times are influence. They're people people. They like people. They have a lot of contact with people. Um, they oftentimes tell stories in presentations in forums that really may not have anything to do with the, the topic at hand, but they just thought you might like to hear that. They like to make a favorable impression with people. And we'll find out. I do pick on all four of us at one point. So let's take a little closer look. Dominance. They like shaping the environment by overcoming oppositions and challenges. You know, they see this wall and they say, I can knock that down. That's not that big of a wall, you know? And you know what? If I can't, that's okay, because it doesn't need to come down anyway. <laughs> they would never admit that they don't have the power to go through that wall. But that's their personality profile. Um, their tendencies, getting immediate results, taking action, accepting challenges, making quick decisions. What we're going to... Yeah. <laughs> now my dad says, yeah, I am a D. Now this is... I've got to tell you this part of the story too, because this probably does fit a little bit. Um, I was shocked when we got done with Train the Trainer because my dad and I had worked in the same plant for seven years. Probably we worked for, for Brother Roger Mueller for about seven years. A lot of people said we were very similar. He has a habit when he's doing training of taking his necktie and kind of straightening it out like this. While he preaches. Does it while he preaches too? Well, you know what? It's my nookie. <laughs> when, I when I do training, I do exactly the same thing. So I thought, we're people. It, it, I couldn't get the maintenance man at RPM Industries to ever answer one of my pages. Never. So I would go up the stairs into my dad's office, which was extension 31. I'd say, George Clancy, call extension 31. Our voices were so similar. I mean, I, George must have had that phone on his hip. He called so fast. And then he'd say, oh, it's you? I said, yeah. <laughs> But when we got to that train the trainer and we got all done, we have two different personality profiles. I was crushed. <laughs> my whole life I thought I was like him and now I'm finding out I'm not. You know, Here was one of my heroes in my life and I'm not like him. Oh, man. My wife knew I wasn't and my mother knew I wasn't. Oh, well. What's that? Go for it. And, and I'll tell you later on what, what the difference was. Um, what motivate? Now, this is really critical. If you start seeing some, if you think, start thinking of people in these minds, you want to know that you want to uh, 
The, what you'll notice you want to make sure of, but there's two important things. What motivates them and what causes fear for them. Because if you want to interact with them better, you need to know what motivates them and what they fear. Because you may have to use one or the other at some time or another to effectively communicate. So what motivates these folks? Challenge, power, authority, direct answers. You know, if, if, if Tom was working with Dave's personality profile, if Tom's personality profile was working with Dave's personality profile, and Tom asked him for a question like, when is the forum? And the answer that he got back is, well, Tom, if you look inside your booklet on page 7, item D, you'll see that the forum is in Science Center. Now, that's that room right down here in room 106. And by the way, Tom, there's going to be 18 overheads. There's a, he'd go nuts. <laughs> now, if Dave goes to Tom's personality and says, um, could you tell me something about this forum? Yeah, it's in Science Center room 106 at 1040. It's on personalities. He's going to think he's mad at him. Okay, but you know, and, and it's it's humorous, but it's true because we've all been there. We thought this brother, or this sister's upset with me, or how could they be so rude? They weren't. They were simply communicating. We weren't listening for the type of communication they're giving. Um, they like opportunities for individual accomplishments, freedom from control, new and varied activities. If you've got a young person in your congregation that's now, I asked the question, when does a person settle into one of these personality profiles? Because, see, I'm not the expert. I just get paid to deliver the news. That's pretty good, you know? They pay me to do this, and all I've got to do is read. But anyways, um, uh, if, if you, oh, they said that sometime in mid-20s, you settle into a personality profile. You may change. Uh, I said, do people ever change? N none of the older people ever ask the questions in the class, only me. But anyway, they said, yes, if you have a life-altering event, the death of a spouse, death of a child, uh, a career that ends abruptly, it can cause you to shift. Okay. Um, but let's say you've got a young person that's full of zeal. And they're working their way toward being a high-dominance personality profile. The first thing you should do is thank God. That God is raising up someone that has energy and determination and is going to move forward. The second thing is you better ask God to give you the grace to know how to harness it and temper it and communicate with them in such a way that you don't hold them back. If you don't give them, you know, so if you tell them, oh, you want a job in the church here, um, you can uh, cut the grass. <laughs> they get to the other end, they turn. And they go back. That is definitely not a new and varied activity. We have to understand those things. Um, what, will we, what do they fear? Loss of control in their environment and being taken advantage of. So if we have an individual that's getting a little bit out of line, a little bit too big for their britches, you may need to sit down with them and say, you know, if, you know I understand why you're doing what you're doing, but you have to understand the ramifications if you continue without thinking about the I's, the S's, and the C's in the group. Okay, and we'll, it'll all start to come together toward the end. What will we notice about them? There's self-confidence, there's decisiveness, and they're risk-takers. And thank God for them. Now, in the classes that I teach, most of the folks in the class can't stand those high-dominance people because they typically come across as being very know-it-all, arrogant, you know, impulsive, because we don't understand why they are the way they are. And remember, let's get back to what we read, that God has placed in each one of our churches members individually 
as He pleases, not us. What are their limitations? Now, those of you that feel you might be in one of these categories, you need to focus on too these things. What are your limitations? A lack of a concern for others. It's not that you want to hurt people, but others aren't real high on the, on the, the, the list of things you're evaluating. Your management by objective. Got to get them done. We got a forum to get to. Thank God for the steadiness sister that said to the dominance brother, you know what? Go easy on him. He's only doing what he was told to do. Oh, I forgot. I'm hoping he forgot. Anyways, um, they're impatient. Uh, they like moving forward without taking consideration of the outcomes. They're the ones that when there's an idea, some outreach, great, let's go do it. Good zeal. They got their foot 100% on the accelerator. That's why we got three other personality profiles. One has his foot on the brakes. Says, whoa, did we figure out what kind of fuel we need in this vehicle first? What are the risks? What are the dangers? Influence personality profile. The nice guys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> shaping the environment by persuading and influencing others. Typically the cheerleaders. They will, they will look at a bad situation and see something positive. Um, one of the things that I have to tell you that, that really concerns me, and I'm hoping that it's changing in my own life, is that in business, I see the positive much quicker than I do in church. And that's the devil. Because I know what my personality profile is. I've got to make sure the devil isn't filtering what I'm seeing. And, and, and thankfully, I've got to say over the last few years... The Lord has done a lot of work with me. And, I've seen, and I think my family can attest to the fact, and, and maybe my, my extended church family, that I do see things a lot more positively than I used to. But we, typically that influence person, they're the folks, they know a lot of people, they like everybody, and, that's, and they're, they're very, they're, they have no problem standing up and talking in front of people, even if they have no clue what they're talking about. They can wing it pretty good with their good stories, even if they don't have as good a cars and homes that they can put pictures up. Um, tendencies, involvement with people, making favorable impressions. Eyes like to be liked. Enthusiasm. I wonder if this have charm anywhere. No, I must be. Oh, yeah, charm's down here. Okay. <laughs> Enthusiasm, entertaining, group participation. You know, they, they're the, they typically will be the ones that will tell the joke when it's not an appropriate time. <laughs> motivated by social recognition group activities relationships freedom of expression freedom from control and detail don't give an I or a D for that matter a task that's very detail oriented where you want them to come back with a report they're going to come back and say yep it's going well <laughs> you know about that national debt thing, don't worry about it. So-and-so told me at the management office and budget it's taken care of, and I believe him because they're a heck of a nice guy. <laughs> um, what do they fear? Social rejection. Disapproval and a loss of influence. Um, social rejection is a tough one for eyes, and I, I, gotta, I got time to tell you this real quick story. When I was doing this in, in, in Macney, um, we had this great, they, they took, Macney rents the top floor of this pretty historic building. It's a five-story building. It's a beautiful, renovated, old thing. 
with nice beams and it's gorgeous. And right by the elevator is the men's room and the ladies' room. Now you have to understand that eyes fear social rejection. So there's a break every day. The class is from five to seven and at six o'clock I always give them a break. And so I'm talking with the group as they're going, someone had to go downstairs to smoke and, and I had to go visit the little boy's room. And I'm standing there on my, you know, waiting for the elevator to, to door to close with my hand on the bathroom door. And as the door of the elevator closes, I walk in the ladies' room. <laughs> now, this is when I knew I was maturing as an individual and as an influence personality profile because I'm thinking, oh, my, first I walked in, I go, there's no urinal in here. <laughs> this, this is not good, you know. And then you look under, you know, you look under the stall there, just, you know, and there's a pair of ladies' shoes. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> This is not a good scene. And the first thing that came into my mind is, what are these people going to think? <laughs> you know, what kind of a weirdo is this guy? So, so I was sweating for a while. I don't know if I ever made it to the bathroom. <laughs> I was so traumatized, it took me weeks. No. Um, so they come up, and I thought, well, i got to find a way. And this is the way an eye would spin this. And only an eye could conjure up such a demented way to do it. Started the class. And, of course, all the ones that saw me going in were concerned, too, because they didn't know what to say. <laughs> so I said, okay, I want to know how many of you that were on that elevator actually saw me with my hand on the ladies' room door, and nobody wanted to warn me that that was the ladies' room. See, you just you spin that mistake onto them, and it wasn't my fault. It's theirs. Okay? Um, what will we notice? Enthusiasm. Charm. Sociability. Persuasiveness. Expression of emotion. A true giveaway of an eye is they're going to be emotional people. They show emotion. Okay? And so if you start seeing that in somebody, that's a key. Okay, they're going to be in this category. Now, in your handouts, you know, like they say, a little knowledge is dangerous. <laughs> you're all going to be very dangerous. Um, <coughs> you're going to see all these little things just to kind of, and my hope is to whet your appetite to dig into it farther and, and really go through a program where you can learn some of this. Limitations, they're impulsive. They're disorganized and they lack follow-through. And in business, that's a real issue. Yes? Can one be some of one? Yes. You can have highs in multiple areas. One will still typically be a little bit higher, but you could be like a high D and then a high C. And oh, is that a scary combination? No, I'm just kidding. You can have multiples. And you know, if you go back to that slide that had the graph, you can be real close to the center too. Okay? Steadiness. Great people. When, when the guy that was doing the train the trainer starts, he says they make great wives. And I can attest to the fact, because my wife's an S. Um, they, their emphasis is on achieving stability by accomplishing tasks, by cooperation with others. They are great team players. Tendencies, they're calm, they're patient, they're loyal, they are good listeners. Everybody in the congregation should thank God twice for every S that's in their congregation. Because they're the, they're the folks that just smooth out all the rough. They're the ones that get in between the D's and the C's when they're button heads on things. Um, they're motivated by infrequent change. They don't like change. Stability. Sincere appreciation. They will detect if you're just full of hot air. If you're just telling them things that you think they want to hear, they're going to be sensitive enough to notice it. 
Cooperation and using traditional methods. Now, the church has a lot of traditional methods. A lot of great traditions. A lot of great processes. Programs. Many of which may have to adapt to a different age. Different people. The S's will need to know the why in the change. Let me give you an example of a change. Um, in Syracuse, we always had very poor turnout in our afternoon services. It's been historic. The people that were there were the people whose parents said you had to be there, so you were there. So we shortened the services. So we'd eliminate the prayer and the, the song in the middle. Try to get it as short as we can so that we can get more people to stay. And you know what? They didn't stay. And then if you realize, if you analyze it, you realize that the folks that are staying are also the same folks. Well, they'd stay for lunch but then leave just before the service. And the service was 20 minutes long. So a sister suggested that, you know, maybe, maybe something in the format could be changed in a way that it would be more conducive to having kids there. So we have a, a really nice, uh, those of you that have been in Syracuse know that our dining room is very nice, and, and, and we have our Bible class in there now, so we have chairs set up in one end of it, and we have the tables on the other side. And our afternoon service became almost like a, a junior church almost type of thing, where you, go, you look now, and the kids are in the front row with their Bibles, because the brother that's having the service may ask them a question during the service. Um, a sister that I never heard even open her mouth in Bible class answered a question. It was something that it, for us at this time had to change. But for a steadiness person, that change may not have been easy. There had to be a reason why. Okay, and I, just, I use that just as an example. You know, and, and I don't know how long we'll do what we do there, but that's what we needed to do to adjust to a church that was shrinking in size and where we desperately wanted to get our children involved. And the sister had a wonderful idea, and thank God for her, because it seems to be doing some great things for us right now. Um, let's see, what will we know... What will we notice? Uh, patience, team player, stability, methodical approach. They're calm. They're easygoing nature. They have a concern for the group. Ministering brothers, seek out the folks in your congregation that are S's, that are the steadiness, and listen to them. They can be the ears that you so desperately need. Uh, limitations, they're overly willing to give in. They put their needs last, and they can be resistant to even positive change. Conscientiousness, and I unfortunately pick on them too much, and I shouldn't, but they like working within circumstances to ensure quality and accuracy. They like standard methodologies. Tendencies, attention to standards, details, analytical thinking. Well, that's what the D and the I don't have, but the C does. Um, accuracy, diplomacy, and indirect approaches to conflicts. This, when overused, can become a real detriment. They're motivated by clearly defined performance expectations, quality and accuracy being valued. They like atmosphere that is reserved and businesslike. They get very uncomfortable in members' meetings that may start to get a bit lively. How's that for a word? See, that's, an, that's the way an I would say, heated. 
But the D would just say it gets heated, but it's okay. You know, the, the C would say it's out of control. The S would be saying, you know, these people are so mean to one another. Okay. And that poor brother that's the D that just said that had no intention of being mean, making it heated or whatever. He just, I wanted to say it. Is it true? Yes, but you can't say it. Why not? See how these four personalities can really have trouble with each other? Um, they fear criticism of their work slipshod methods, situations that emotionally seem to be out of control. See, they don't view the environment as being under control anyways. They don't feel that they have a lot of self-power over that environment. So when things start to get out of hand, they go to pieces. We need to be aware of that. Let's say we're in a Bible class and we're simply having, spoken like a true D, a good healthy discussion. We have to understand there may be other people there that may not view it that way. So can't we please phrase the questions in a way or the comments in a way that might be a little bit more sensitive? Um, we'll notice behavior that is cautious, precise, diplomatic, restrained, perfectionistic. Don't you hate that when they're like that? What do you mean there's a spelling error in this church calendar? I'm doing the best I can. You know, I worked for a man... And I, I, usually in my class I'd say, no lie, but you people know that I wouldn't lie to you. He got so upset because in the utility bill, there was a spelling error. <laughs> you know, all, I get to the last page, how much do we have to pay, you know? I think it's all a gimmick anyways, but anyways, that's just a little, just a friendly jab at my brothers that are in the utility business. Um, what else will we notice? They're overly critical of themselves and others. They need to be built up. They need to be edified. We need to show them that we value them. They're the ones that, you know, if we, if we simply can't figure out how much this building project is going to cost, give it to one of them. But we don't because they take too long to tell us what they think. You know, if you really need to, you know, we really do need to know how much things are going to cost. So we know what to pray for. Give it to the brother or the sister. They'll tell you. Um, they, let's see. Uh, indecision. They won't make a decision because they don't have all the facts yet. Uh, let's see. They like to, to collect and analyze data. Their creativity is sometimes hampered by their ability to follow the rules. So we've got the one person that's pushing real hard to make it happen. You got the other person that's saying, yes, this is a good thing. And I'm so excited this is going to bring flocks of people into our doors. And the steadiness person saying, what are we changing next? And the conscientious person saying, we aren't going to make it. You know? <laughs> it happens. Okay, remember that what the factors that determine who we are in terms of our personalities are the environment and ourselves and how we view it and how we view ourselves. A little bit of review here. The dominance personality profile views the environment as unfavorable and their selves as more powerful. They like a challenge. Let's go get them. Thank God for those people. They're the ones that have the faith to stand up first and say, you, you know, could you, here's an example. The Israelites were, were there at the Red Sea and, and the, the chariots are coming. They see the clouds. And the D's are saying, what see? We can get through this. God's going to be with us. You know, I'm hoping some of the priests were D's. 
Because if they were all C's and everybody else is pushing them, you know, getting closer and closer to the river. Now, we did make it from the point that first Moses had to take his rod and, 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 and the, the Red Sea parted. By the time they got to the Jordan, they had to get in. By the time they got to the Jordan, those priests had to get in the water. They had spent some time, not only with the Lord, but with the brothers and sisters that were D's and I's that the Lord had sent to help them believe that they could get through it. Influence. Environment's good. People generally are good. And now that Caesar's saying, you know, Brother Dave, you keep saying generally. What's the percentage? I need to know. I need to calculate what my odds are on this one. No, you don't. Trust me. They feel that they have power. And, and even if they reach this, this brick wall, and wow, that's a big wall. Anybody know how we can get over this wall? You know, I got a buddy that's got a company that can... Okay. Now, if you think about that on your church, how many projects in your church need brothers or in your got a small church? Well, then there's somebody that knows the excavator, knows the plumber, knows the electrician. They're probably an I. Steadiness. The environment is favorable, but they don't have a lot of power over the environment. That's why they like to keep things the way it is. And they care about people because the environment's good. The conscientious folks, you know, they're, they're typically the folks that are going to need a lot of reassuring. They're key members of our congregations. We desperately need them on every one of our committees. They will not volunteer for it. Because they probably don't feel that they're capable of it. Okay, let's do a little bit more review. The D's see a challenge that they want to overcome. And you know what? They enjoy it. They really enjoy it. They love to shoot from the hip, even if they hit their foot sometimes. They try to change, fix, and control things. Not because they're control freaks, but there's a job that has to get done. we got to move forward. Let's get going. We'll figure out when we get there where we're going. But if we don't get moving, we'll never get there. The S's. Favorable environment. They want to maintain it. You know, things are going so well now. You know, I... I was, I was actually humbled when I, in prayer meeting this morning, when I heard brothers and sisters from Toronto praying that they might, and I'm going to paraphrase it now, that they might have some direction and some, I, in my mind I felt, you know, more direction and zeal for reaching out to the lost, and they are the congregation that I view as the model. Okay, they're, 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 we may, you know, if I was in their church, I can understand all the S's saying things are going so well here. Let's not change anything peaceful. We're getting things. Look at the people that have come. Look at our historical records of the folks that we came, that we brought from the world. But then there are others that said, but wait a minute, there's more out there. We've only begun to do it. They try to be cooperative, supportive, and agreeable to keep things stable. The problem is, S's, when you get to something that you really can't agree with, speak up. Tell us why. Don't just sit there and say, I can't. You know, don't just get nervous. You are the folks that are in tune with the feelings of people. You know, I, I manage a, somebody's business, a family business, and I like to tell people, I run a family business and that's not my family's. And I care how people feel. Part of it's because I'm an I. The D's would say, what do you care how people feel? What do the facts say? You know, just get the bottom line. But no, we need to know how people feel and the S's in the group are the ones that tell us that. So please don't keep your mouth shut. And the C's, 
They see an unfavorable environment which they do not want to change. They don't want to change it because it's a poor analogy, but you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Okay, I don't like this necessarily. Things are out of control, but you know what? If we leave everything alone, at least we've known how to deal with these for a while. They try to work within the established rules, guidelines, procedures to ensure accuracy and quality. They are the ones that have counted the cost. But how often do we not listen to them? Because they might be the quiet ones. The ones that don't say much. That take a lot of notes. That um, read a lot. I don't know. In the eyes. They see a favorable environment which they can have influence and work with others. They like people. They're the cheerleaders. There's a warning for anybody that might think you're an eye. You will have a tendency to waffle on your convictions because of the fact you care what people think. From the first time I read that, that's concerned me. And it's a prayer that, you know, God will never let me waffle from anything that is important, but that I might be open enough to understand that I may need to compromise on things that aren't important. Try to persuade, promote, and influence others. They encourage, they nurture, they can be completely annoying to the D's because they're saying, you know, all you care about is, you know, how do people feel? Are we, you know, people are happy. You no, know, we got to move forward. And the other thing is, if you ever want to have a meeting or a conversation with a person that's an I, do it on an informal basis. Reassure them first. And like I tell the folks in, in, in the training that I do, uh, a meeting that starts off with some donuts is usually good. Um, because an I likes an informal relationship-based type meeting, and food usually does a very good job with that. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased Him. These handouts that I'll have back by the doors give you pretty much everything that was on the overhead. Things that you'll notice about them, what the person's tendencies are, how they like to be communicated with. This is just information. It takes a long time to learn how to really recognize what a person's personality profile is. If you, and the, the next screen, that's my email address. And if you, the easiest thing, if you want information about these folks, because they changed their name once already, just type in Google Disk or Carlson Learning and, and it'll show up. But the best thing could be is if your church would decide that they, you really want to have some type of a training on this and get somebody that knows how to do it so that our churches can start interacting effectively. We're not interacting effectively because we're reacting to a personality profile and not what the person is saying. We're not even hearing what the person is saying because we don't, because we're not listening with the right frequency. I, don't want, I wasn't going to say we don't like the way they're saying it. Well, that really is the case. We don't like the way we're, they're saying it because it doesn't flow naturally with us. As an influenced personality profile, if a dominance person comes up to me and is very direct and to the point, I think they're upset with me. And because I fear social rejection, 
and, and I like making favorable impressions, now my mind really starts to wonder what's going on and the devil plants all kinds of ideas as to why this person doesn't like me. That's not where we're at. We've got to get together as a, as a body of believers and recognize that God put us where we are based on how He created us. Each one's as individuals so that we need to first respect the other personalities that we have. We need to learn to interact with them and we need to learn to value them. That's why I loved what the brothers said in the forum yesterday when they said, you know, if you've got somebody that's coming up and they're disagreeing with you or, or some type of a conflict, you've got to ask yourself, what is it that they're going to draw out of me? What am I going to learn from this God? Because this is His kingdom, not ours. It's His church, not mine. It's His work, not mine. And I have to ask Him to help me see what my role in that might be and that I can truly value my brothers and my sisters above anything else in the kingdom. I have seven minutes for questions. Can I just yeah. have, you, have you make one comment that uh, we've heard often that Stephen Covey made? Seek first to under, understand right. and then to be understood. Yeah, one of Stephen Covey's seven principles of highly effective people, I guess, is seek first to understand, <coughs> then to be understood. Figure out what the message is before you respond. I don't typically do that. I'm formulating a response. The person hasn't even told me what it is yet. Yes. Brother Howard. Was Jesus a D and I an S or a C? Jesus was God himself. Um, I can answer this any good manager, because that's typically where I have these talks. Any good manager knows how to be the personality profile that he needs to be to communicate effectively with his team. Um, in, in the training that I do, there's, there's a lot of video segments that we show. And, and one of them is this, this meeting that goes into chaos. And, and the manager says, you know, look, I'm going to meet with each one of you individually. And he sits down. You can watch him change. Okay. Um, Jesus knew how to communicate with people because he could see the heart. We can't see the heart. We can only see the external behaviors. So, there was a hint. Brother Gary. <coughs> You know, I, I gave that a lot of thought. I think there are a lot of church leaders that are high dominance, personality profiles, and I want to give my dad as an example. <laughs> my dad is a high dominance personality profile, and his D is very high. My I, I'm an influence, my I is very high. My D is pretty low. I never thought of him as a high dominance. And... When, when I asked my mother, are my dad and I the same? She said, no. And I asked my wife, are dad and I the same? She says, no. And both of them said that in their minds, I was more focused on people than he was. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Because he is known in central New York, in, in, the, in the factory, in, the, in the, 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 the industry in central New York, as one of the best people managers in that city. We have to understand he's a high D that pastored a church for a lot of years. So you learn, he obviously, even without knowing it, learned to build up things where he was struggling to be more people-focused. Um, I can see, I can think of some church leaders that are high C's by the way they react to things. 
I can think of some that are high eyes by the way they react to things. Um, and I can think of some that are asses. So I see some in, in all four, but in my own mind, and again, I'm by far not an expert. I, like I said, I get paid to read overheads. Um, but more of them seem to have a high D. Now, I've seen the D come out in my dad, but never knew what it was. Yes? Some people have strengths in all four of them. How much energy or time is it valuable for me to try to figure out what box somebody fits into? Rather, or can I sort of maybe lose something by putting a lot of energy in and trying to fit somebody into a particular box? I think you can, uh, Brother Dan. I think you can get too caught up in trying to figure out who they are. And if, if you're already recognizing a lot of things, you probably are communicating with them fine anyways. Um, but they may have some in each one of those, but if you, if you ask them to do the survey, which was 24 questions, and you graph it on three different graphs, and it's pretty involved, um, and they ask questions to do this analysis, they ask questions two different ways. You either have a, a yes or a no, and then they compare the two. Um, and it's pretty, there will be one that will be higher. But my point for, for, for doing, I was asked if I would share this with you. Um, and my hope is that we're going to knock off some of the frustration on those that are really in the extremes, in, in these boxes, and start to value each other. You don't even need to know all this to recognize that, you know what? God made us all as individuals, and he put us in the church where we're supposed to be. For a reason. Now, let's start utilizing those strengths that I know we see. We just didn't view them as strengths. They were annoyances to us. That brother that couldn't get that announcement out this morning. Oh my goodness, why did he just get to the point? Well, he was, just in his way. Dave, in, yes. in, in, just a comment on Brother Dan's uh, question. If you're putting a team together, actually, you're not sure in the beginning you have all the right, right. people in the right place, but you do know you need all the people. Right. And as you progress toward uh, improving the team concept, you'll see where you may have to readjust some of those things. And you'll see people gravitate to something they're most comfortable with. But you need them all. Absolutely. All. Brother Ted. And we also have to be aware of what our government says. Right. That's even more important because a lot of times what happens is we try to handle things in that manner. Yes. And, and, and when, when others don't fit into that, we get upset. Right. Very good point, Brother Ted. And that was my other key. You know, all of these, every one of these personality profiles is a strength. But overused becomes a weakness. The high influence personality profile that is willing to give or willing to always promote and to sell, that's a strength until you're not sincere anymore and you become a politician. Now that's a weakness. The brother, you know, thank God for the brothers and sisters with such determination that they don't see that wall. When all I see is the wall, they don't. That same thing that when there is an obvious wall that's being put there and the others see it and they believe that it's from the Lord, that brother needs to take a step back and say, what am I missing? What am I not seeing here in my determination to accomplish this? Yes. So getting the job done isn't the most important thing. It's how you get it done. Maybe. <laughs> you know. Spoken like a true eye. You know, Brother Ron, I really believe that's the case. And, and here's my reason. Because the job is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The kingdom is the Lord's. He is more concerned in how we are doing it 
then do we get there? He'll get us there if we do it with him the right way in valuing people. Anytime we step over people or trample over people to accomplish something, in my opinion, can't be God's will because the process is important to him or he would simply speak it and it'd be done. So a good manager, when they give a task to a, a, a lead person, they don't expect them, they expect them to have compassion and thought about how they get that job done with the, the people that are in their group. Good managers will expect that of their team leaders. Not just to get the job done. Right. And the bad managers will end up like Frank Lorenzo and take Eastern Airlines into the ground. Yes? Why is the eye small? You know, I always wondered that, and believe it or not, it was a typo. And I, so I did the research. I did the, uh, there was a typo on the first issue that went out, and they used it as a trademark. That's it. But I'm glad I did my homework, because C&I typically wouldn't have done that. He'd have just flown right through. Last question, because we're going to be late for choir. In a small group, say two, three, or four people, what combinations work well together, and what combinations would be disastrous? I think, Barry, if in a small group everybody's the same, you may think things are going well, but it'll be a disaster. And here's my example. If you have a group of three and they're all conscientiousness, you're not going to get anywhere. If they're all D's, they're going to get into a fight. If they're all I's, the expense account will be huge because they'll, <laughs> they'll really enjoy it. And if they're S's, they'll be trying to figure out what to do. I think... but. But let's remember one thing, that it is the Holy Spirit that adds what is missing, that supplies what the joint needs to make the body whole. Thank you and the Lord bless you.